Hello, hello, and welcome back to Mamas Have Special Needs 2. This is episode 81, Resilient Self-Confidence. Welcome to the Mamas Have Special Needs 2 podcast, where we are learning to thrive in and enjoy our lives again. I'm your host, Ashley Johnston. Let's go. Hello, ladies. Let's talk about how to get more confidence, shall we? As I was making this podcast, I was thinking back to a time when I felt very little confidence in myself and my life. In the few years following my daughter's failure to thrive diagnosis, I felt little confidence in my ability as a mother. And it didn't all happen at once. It was kind of a gradual falling apart of my confidence. I felt little confidence that things would be okay for my child's future and for my future. And I wanted it to be fixed, like now. And it was such a drastic difference from the earlier years of my first child. So my first son was naturally very bright and gifted, learning to crawl, walk, talk, and communicate sophisticatedly above the curve for his age. He was funny and smart and witty and very strong-willed. And I felt like, you know, I was doing okay as a mom. You know, like doctors would congratulate me on his health and his development. And although I did struggle with his strong-willed behaviors, I overall felt fairly confident about this mom thing at the time. Like, I knew that my child would do well in the world. I knew that I could do what it took to take care of him and help him succeed, or at least I could figure it out. I didn't realize how fragile this confidence was until I had my daughter later. So fast forward to my daughter's failure to thrive diagnosis, and all of a sudden my confidence started to falter. Nothing I was doing before was working anymore. All of the books, the games, the physical play outings, going to the library, doing all the educational things, like they weren't working. And I, like I couldn't just point at a picture book and say a word and she would pick it up and get it. I couldn't just offer my fingers and she would grasp on and pull herself up to standing. I couldn't just feed her and have her gain weight properly, um, you know, and with every small quote unquote failure that I qualified as a failure at the time, every time I had one of those moments, my fragile confidence would erode. And I soon found myself metaphorically kneeling at the feet of my child's doctors, just begging them to heal her, to help her, to make her all better. And, you know, I was ready to try anything and do anything. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And I did. And then when it wasn't working, even more confidence was eroded. And even more and more, I thought, I am not made to do this. I'm not a good mother. I would, you know, at this point, I had next to no confidence left in myself as a good mother. And I often questioned if I was ever meant to be a mother. It was it felt insurmountable, and after trying over and over and over again, and what felt like trying everything, and nothing worked, it was um, defeating, very defeating. 
I want to share some imagery and a little narrative that I feel depicts the fall of fragile confidence and when I first learned that special needs would now be a part of my life. So it felt like I was walking along a straight path with no obstructions. I could see down the road of my life and I could see what was coming next. I could see that there were struggles and deviations and, you know, kind of typical things here and there. But those were common. They were typical, right? And I was confident that I could find help if I needed it. Then one day, as I'm walking along this path, Mount Everest falls directly in front of me. It consumes the entirety of my vision, and it goes on forever in every direction, side to side and up. And I'm caught off guard. I'm shocked. I stand there waiting for something to happen, but Nothing does. The mountain remains unmoved. And then the truth begins to set in. I have to climb this. Because that's the way forward. The path is through. I know that because I've seen it. But I can't see it now. And there's this huge mountain in front of me. And as I look up, I, I can't see the top. The mountain goes all the way into the clouds. I slump to the ground and I cry. I can't do this. I'm not a hiker. I don't have the right shoes. I don't have any food or water with me. I don't have the physical stamina to do this. I, I, I never even aspired to do this. And I know that my lungs aren't trained. I know that I can't breathe at a high elevation and my muscles are weak. And there's just not, I'm not prepared for this. There's just no way that I can do what's being asked of me. And this imagery is what it often in the early years felt like for me, that it was an insurmountable amount of things to do. But that's what it looked like. It looked like the to-do list. It looked like the doctor's appointments that didn't seem to be getting us anywhere. It looked like the not knowing what the future looked like anymore. And the overwhelm is, it's not slightly overwhelming. Like when you know that you're out of shape to take that hike up the hill that you see over there, but you know, you can see the top and you still think that you'll be likely to make it with some help and some breaks, you know, if you just kind of take it easy. That's not what I'm talking about. The overwhelm I'm talking about is knowing that you are out of shape, but you have to hike Mount Everest and you have to hike it now, with no prior notice, no training, no equipment, and it feels impossible. But you know you're going to be hiking it anyways. I lived for several years in this mental space, and it can get pretty dark, and it can really erode any confidence that you have in yourself as a mother, as a caretaker, and as someone that can actually make a difference in the life of your child. Now, fast forward several years, and I have two children that have special needs. And today, I feel more confident as a mother than I have ever felt before. And this doesn't mean that I have all of the answers and always know what I'm doing, or that I don't ever have moments where I don't feel confident, but I, I feel confident that I can figure it out. I feel confident that I can handle it and confident that I will be able to get there. And my kids are progressing because of it. It's a whole new world, ladies. 
and it's achievable. And I'm going to break it down for you as best I can. There's a lot that kind of goes into it, but I'll give you the overview that I can here about what I've learned about confidence and how to develop resilient confidence. So let's get on the same page about confidence. The internet says that confidence is a belief in oneself, the conviction that one has the ability to meet life's challenges and to succeed, and the willingness to act accordingly. Being confident requires a realistic sense of one's capabilities and feeling secure in that knowledge. That sounds pretty good so far to me, right? Like, give me some of that confidence. I wouldn't mind feeling that way or thinking that way. But the question to ask is, how do you go about gaining that kind of confidence when you encounter a life challenge that feels beyond you and beyond your capabilities to succeed in? How do you go from next to nothing to feeling like you can meet life's challenges and succeed? Well, here's what I figured out. There are two categories of confidence. The first one is an outcome-based confidence. And the second is a behavioral-based confidence. And the interesting thing about confidence is that um, the emotion of confidence can move you to take actions that will help you get the results you're looking for, regardless of where that confidence comes from. So you don't necessarily have to feel confident about the thing that you are doing in order to eventually accomplish it or develop the capability to accomplish it. So let me explain. Outcome-based confidence is when you have confidence that you can create a specific outcome. For example, knowing that you can hike up and down Mount Everest or feeling confident that you can get your child the support that they need to succeed and even knowing what it is they need to succeed. This outcome-based conference is the ultimate result. It's the end goal. It's the outcome. And you will notice that portions of these outcomes are out of your hands, right? Perhaps like the weather on the mountain as you're hiking or the people that are involved in helping you get the equipment or treatment or therapies that you need, working with them, getting a hold of them, finding the right doctors, making sure that you find something you can afford, right? Some of these things might be out of your hands. Thus, we tend to feel like, oh, I don't know if I can do that, right? Our confidence kind of wavers a little bit on these outcomes, and yet we want these goals, and we're seeing some people get them, and we want to be able to get them as well for our children and for us. So let's shift over to behavioral-based confidence because these two need to work together in order to build the confidence you're looking for. So a behavioral-based confidence is when you have confidence that you can do certain behaviors. For example, like, I'm pretty confident I can walk and talk, make a phone call, and ask some questions. So let's apply this to the Mount Everest example. So you know that you can do these things. So even though you don't know how to hike Mount Everest, for example, or you don't even know if you're capable of making it to the top, let alone back down, what you do know is that you can call someone that has done it before and you can ask them questions. You can even hire them as your coach to train you and then take you to the top. You can get started by walking because you know you can walk and you know that's something you're going to have to do a lot of. In fact, you're so confident in your ability to walk that you hardly even think about it anymore. In fact, 
you hardly have to think about it anymore. You're so practiced and confident about your walking. So you decide that you're just going to do the math and you're going to figure out that if you focus on walking, let's say like X amount of miles per day, then you will likely reach the top. There's a high probability you'll reach the top if you just keep walking. And you'll notice that behavioral-based confidence, they're things that are nearly 100% within your control. So although you don't know that you can reach the top of Mount Everest, you know you can hire someone that can teach you how, help you figure it out, even come with you, and you can use the skill set that you're already confident in to try to get you there. Or you can build on that skill set to develop more skills that you can then take that will help you get there. And it increases the probability of getting your outcome-based goal and uh, build that outcome-based confidence in, hey, I can actually hike Mount Everest and get to the top and get back down. So why is this distinction between these two different confidence types important? And I've alluded to it a little bit before, and so let me reiterate some of it down here. It's the behaviors that we can control and execute on that help us achieve and gain confidence in getting the ultimate goal that we have. When you don't have confidence that you can hike Mount Everest, you focus your confident feelings on taking action on things that you can do that will move you towards getting to the top of Mount Everest. Then your confidence in being able to hike Mount Everest will begin to grow. And this is the same technique that applies in our everyday life. So when you don't feel confident as a special needs mother, and you don't know what to do to help your child. You lean on the areas where you have more confidence and use those emotions to help you take actions in these unknown areas. So for example, if you need to get your child a new IEP plan and you don't feel confident with all of the lingo and the legality of it and meeting with other people and teachers and therapists and such, you can learn by using your research skills. You've likely done some sort of research online before, whether that's researching products on Amazon, researching houses, researching stuff for Christmas or places to vacation or anything like that, DIYs. You've probably done some form of searching and researching online. And you probably have some amount of confidence in being able to, to do that, to use Google, to use your phone, to ask questions, to rephrase the questions, etc. So you can use those same skills to research info on how to create a new IEP plan or IEP YouTube channels or blogs or things like that, or other mothers are going to Facebook and doing some sort of research online. Um, and it can, you can ask even things about how do I work with the public school special needs program or, and then even get more specific about your specific area. And you can start to dig up these things that will help you be prepared to go in. Um, you can even look up examples of IEP plans online and see what do they look like and what's the legal language that they're using and what do those words mean? Cause there's a bunch of online dictionaries. So pretty soon you'll notice that all of these little actionable things that you're doing, these little confidences that you have in 
behaviors that you can do, such as researching, will actually help you get the new IEP plan that you want for your child. And once you actually create that outcome, your confidence in being able to get the outcome will start to blossom and start to grow. So later on down the road, when you have to do it again for your child, because they've developed and they need something new, you'll know what to do. And you'll even be able to reevaluate what you did in the past and implement new things because now you're using your behavioral-based confidences like, I know I can research, I know I can make phone calls, I know I can talk to people, I know I can get referrals from doctors. And then you can take it to create another IEP plan, which now you already feel confident that you know how to do. So when you go in the second time to do it, your confidence is going to be even more boosted. Is this making sense? I hope this is making sense. That it starts with little things, much like a snowball. You're starting small, you're rolling it, you're rolling it, you're rolling it big. Because when you start with a small snowball, you might look at it and go, oh my gosh, I have to have something that's huge. Well, I don't know how to like just right now pack it all up and make it huge. But that's not what you need to do to get the end result. You don't need to pack it all up right now and make a huge snowball. You just need to keep rolling it, right? So if you want to have like a Disney reference, it's just keep swimming, just keep swimming, right? Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming from Dora. Uh, is it Dory? Yeah, Dory in Finding Nemo. It's the same kind of concept. And I feel like sometimes we psych ourselves out so much with all there is to do in caretaking. And we tend to have a little bit more drama in our mind about this And although there are many things that are difficult about it and struggles, so many unknowns and so many places in which there aren't answers for what we're looking for, we can still lean back on what we know to help us carve a path forward. And what can help do that is to alleviate a little bit of that drama and go, you know what, like, I can do this. It's figure outable. 100%. And I'm okay if it takes a while. I'm just going to keep trying. Just keep trying. Just keep trying. And eventually you will get there and you'll get the confidence that will move you forward. That confidence is really the fire underneath all of this thing. That confidence is really the fire underneath your actions. It's what helps you listen to your intuition. It's what helps you access your creativity. It's what helps you get the results you're looking for, for you and for your child. Now listen to me, ladies. You already have it in you to face the challenges that come with being a special needs mama. It's already there. Take a deep breath and start small and start accessing the places that you're confident already in that can help you move towards getting the results you want for you and your child. You start by doing the work to become aware of the confidences that you already have and to use that. If you like what you're hearing, join me in the Mamas Have Special Needs 2 private Facebook group, where we take a deeper dive into these concepts, apply them, and offer personalized help. Link to apply is in the show notes. And please leave this podcast a five-star review so more mamas like you and me can find it. Thank you for letting me serve you today. And until next time, take care.